Thank you for joining the Bevel Talk. Season 8, Episode 3, Mechanized versus Handheld Welding Operations in Pipeline Application. Today, we're talking with Mustafa Hanafi, Business Development Manager for Construction and Fabrication with ITW Welding's Middle East and Caspian Sea Team. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to Bevel Talk. Thanks for joining us today. We are joined by Mustafa Hanafi, who is a business development manager and a segment manager for ITW Welding in the Middle East. Mustafa, thanks for being here. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Good. So last time we talked a little bit more in depth about the mechanized versus automated welding processes. I, I want to dive a little bit more into that with the adoption and and what companies are doing. Can you give us some examples of how they're adopting and how that's growing in your market? Right. So um, uh, the full automatic system is normally going for a large diameter, cross-country transmission type of pipelines, uh, with uh, especially if it is a heavy wall thickness pipe. Um, because if you have a fast car, you need a highway to drive it, right, to see the speed of it. So the highway here is a large diameter pipe with a heavy wall thickness and longer distance pipe. Um, if you have a small dia pipe um, um, or light wall thickness, short distance, then you cannot really see how uh, fast or the, the real speed of the automatic welding system. So for larger dia, automatic welding system is good. But small dia, still the industry follows the stick welding process, uh, cellulosic electrode in most cases. Um, not only the small dia where you can see the shortage or maybe the disadvantage of the full automatic, but even within the large dia, cross-country long-distance type of pipes, uh, automatic welding can cover max 70 to 80 percent of the scope of welding because in order to use automatic welding you need an internal clamp which mainly they call it as a mainline welding so you're welding outside the trench and the moment you weld that a string of pipe like one kilometers or so then you need to lower it into the trench and then a string to string has to be welded together and they call it a tie-in joint and then there are some roads that you need to cross some other existing pipelines and facilities that you need to cross with your pipeline so these type of crossings Again, you cannot use the internal clamp like the tie-in joint, so you have to use external clamp. And once you get the external clamp, it means that you cannot even also do rebeveling in narrow groove. So it, it, we're not talking about automatic welding at all. In this type of scope, it's only stick right now. So the project usually have 70%, which is a mainline welding, the bulk of the quantity, uh, of automatic welding, and then 30% or so uh, stick welding. And if it is small dia, then it's 100% stick. Okay. So, yeah, I think a lot of our listeners um, might think that when you put a pipeline in the ground, you just dig a trench, you weld a bunch of stuff together, and you roll it You roll it into a hole. Um, I think there's there's so much complexity that goes into planning a pipeline and planning what you're going to do when and how you're going to do it, how you're going to do road crossings, how you're going to do pipeline crossings and all the complexities that come into that. 
Um, I'm interested in, and kind of surprised that, you know, still 30% is, is stick welding. But when you think of all the complexities that really makes a lot of sense, actually. So how have you helped customers adapt and adopt to this technology? Right. So I'm, I'm going to give you a case uh, just to demonstrate or expl- explain more the 70-30 example. And that's a real case that happens a few years ago in one of the countries here in the Middle East where uh, there was a strategic pipeline project to get uh, in and out oil to a refinery. So uh, there was a tank farm and then there is a refinery new refinery under construction and they had to connect the tank farm uh, to the refinery through pipelines and then build other pipelines downstream from the refinery to uh, the petrochem so that that was a network of pipelines and all of them were uh, more than 20 inches in diameter so um, uh, the contractor, because it's a strategic pipeline and uh, they, uh, it's a fast track type of project. So uh, they decided to go with a North American based automatic welding system, full automatic welding system to weld uh, their uh, maximum scope of work that can be welded with automatic welding. So um, I was there uh, with the welding manager supporting him uh, and supporting his company to identify the, 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 the best process, the best consumable machine solution, and even automatic welding service provider uh, to, uh, to deploy in the project. And um, the calculation we've done was like 65 to 70% of the scope will go to the automatic welding and then the rest should be stick. So uh, um, the, the, when we did the, the, the math that back then, we saw that the bottleneck will show up in the stick scope of work, not in the full automatic, based on uh, number of welders they have in the company, based on number of weld- automatic welding stations they're going to hire from the service provider. Uh, so having the bottleneck in the stick is because the stick is so slow compared to the full automatic. So with the number of welders available within a company, they cannot do it. And there will be a big difference in uh, time frame for the automatic welding and manual welding. So one of the ideas that welding manager thought about that time is to have more machines on rent or even he can buy more Miller engine drive or something. Um, He can um, hire more welders. But he saw that the biggest challenge was having a skilled manual welders. And that was not the challenge back then. Uh, Only, I mean, like before 2015. Because in 2015, till now, there is a boom in in the Indian market. And in the Middle East, we rely 90% of the time on Indian welders. So because of the boom in the Indian market, then we, in the Middle East, we we, we feel it's so difficult to get a skilled welder. It's not that easy like before from India. So uh, the solution I offered the uh, welding manager was to just upgrade from stick in most cases, not I, I wouldn't say 100% of the scope of the stack, but at least maybe 90% of it, to a semi-automatic process. 
where he can still enjoy most of the flexibility of the stick as a process. He can weld the road crossing, he can weld the tie end joint, he can weld the process piping associated with the pipeline. He can do whatever the stick can do, or most of it at least, without the complexity and the high cost of the automatic welding. And of course, the productivity of the semi-auto will be maybe almost double the stick electrode productivity. And here we're comparing average welder semi-auto or average welder on a stick welding. Um, so based on the number of welders he had in the company, we did a calculation and we saw that if he used 90% uh, of them on a semi-automatic, then he wouldn't need to hire any more welders. So uh, that will sort out the problem that he had on a stick electrode scope of work for the 30%. That's amazing that just by you know transferring some of your workload from stick to a a manual process or a semi-automatic process, you were able to avoid having to to find new laborers or new welders. The XMT350 Field Pro with Polarity Reversing Welding System from Miller. Let's welders change polarity and processes with the push of a button at the stick, TIG remote, or wire feeder, eliminating the need to walk back to the power source to swap leads to change polarity. Learn more at MillerWelds.com slash ArcReach. Tell me, um, for our listeners, in a kilometer of pipeline, how many uh, rough, how, roughly how many weld joints are there? Um, so the pipes um, in the Middle East normally are 12 meters long. So we're talking about 80, one kilometer is 80, 82 joints, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, if it is in Saudi Arabia, the, they have a double joint, which means that they weld two pipes together um, and then they transport them to the site. So the pipe here is 24 meters. So a kilometer is a half number of joints in this case, which is like 40 uh, joints. That's only in Saudi. Yeah. You think just, you know, 80 joints per kilometer, that's that's a lot of welding that's going on there. That's Of course. Yeah. It's a lot more than people think. I think sometimes they think, you know, oh, hey, you do like three three welds in a kilometer or so, but uh, no, it's it's more substantial than Yeah. than I think you would think. A big pipeline, we're we're, uh, we're talking about thousands of joints. So it's not easy, it's not small scope of work. Right. Okay, so I have a couple other questions for you, Mustafa. Um, what do you think our listeners need to know about the Middle Eastern pipeline market, or how is it different than what you know about the United States pipeline market? Um, I think the one of the major differences is the manpower. So in the U.S., you guys have union, a pipeline union. But in the Middle East, uh, 100% of the time you have welders hired by a contractor who is doing the job. And uh, contractors are a company, so they hire them on their payroll for the project duration. And then after the project is done, they just lay them off and they go back where they come from. So if the welder is from India or from Egypt or from Pakistan, then they just he come here to the Gulf for the project duration and then 
after the project is done, they go back. Uh, but in the U.S., you you have the union, as I said. So that's one of the biggest differences. And also the labor cost. So in the U.S., wages are higher, uh, much higher than in the Middle East. Uh, and that gives an impact on the total cost of, of the welding as an activity. Uh, comparing uh, region to region, of course, the total welding cost um, in the U.S. is much higher than uh, in, um, in the Middle East due to this. Because the labor, if you estimate that at least 60 to 70 percent of welding activity goes to wages or uh, associated costs with uh, welders. Uh, like their food, their transportation, insurance, blah, blah, blah. But the equipment and uh, consumables, filler metal, that's not more than 30% of total welding in a pipeline, total welding cost. So if you're saving on a, on a 70%, which is the labor, then you're saving a lot, which happens here in the Middle East. Let's just say you're running a 50-kilometer pipeline. What's the typical duration from start to finish on a project like that? How long does it take? I would say a year to a year and a half. Okay. And that's from, is that from permitting and getting it in the ground, or is that from when you strike your first arc and and when you're done at the other end? Yeah, that's from the first day of civil work, ground preparation, or okay. yeah, right of way. Well, Mustafa, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and your insights to pipeline welding in the Middle East. Thank you for listening out there, and we hope you join us next time.